Hey, this is Ed Luther, pastor of City Church in Australia. I hope that today's podcast really inspires you. Thank you so much for listening. The month of January, it's, it's a reset time. It's a time to look at our lives and go, okay, we're in, we're in another year, but let, we don't want it to be another year. Just, that's ah, another year. Uh, we want it to be a year like no other. And I, I like to say Happy New Year. Happy just means good fortune or good luck. But I like to think that there's more that's going to determine my, my year, 2024, than just luck. Stuff happens, good or bad, that's going to determine it. I, I like to think that it's more by design. It's more of the favor of God in my life that's going to d- determine the kind of year. And we can plan according to the promises of God. But this morning, I want to share the vision of City Church. And our vision to grace the nations is to take the divine enablement of God. Some people define grace as uh, just unmerited favor. That certainly is true, that uh, grace can be defined that way. But it goes farther than that, so much further than that, because it really involves the divine enablement of God grace. It's, it's, it's God giving you the ability to do what you can't do. Now, if you, if you can do it, you really don't need God. And that's something that, uh, if, if, that religion does really well. I don't want to be religious. I don't want to be moving in an area where I don't have to depend on God showing up for it to happen. And when we're talking about something like the vision of a church, something that we see, because that's what vision means. It's kazon uh, in the Greek language. It just means, what do you see? I like to think that I see something that takes my breath away. I like to think that we see something as a church that's impossible unless God shows up. I like to think that if it's possible that I don't really want to see that, I want to go beyond that. We just had Christmas, and one of the prophecies about Jesus, uh, it says the government will be upon his shoulder. Wow. Doesn't look like it, does it? <laughs> Governments are raging, and, and uh, the prophets said, why do the people uh, imagine or, or, or rage against God, imagine a vain thing? Why are the nations raging? Well, God's got a solution for it. The government will be upon his shoulders. Now, when I look at that, I think, wow, it doesn't look like that's even possible. Well, that's where grace kicks in. Grace has... Uh, 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 a divine enablement that that gives you the power to do what you can't do. And I like the fact that grace, G-R-A-C-E, is five letters. Now, in the Bible, numerics is important. The number for man is six. The number for God is seven. The number for the Godhead, or some would call the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, that, that completion is three. Uh, the number for the devil, the mark of the beast, and all of that is 666, which means he's completed. <laughs> it's taken the number of man and completing that, and Satan's number is 666. And, but when I look at grace, I think, that's amazing that the number of grace is five, and there's five fingers on your hand. I got to thinking about that because Grace is God's hand, God's hand upon your life. God's got five fingers because we're made in his image. And uh, G-R-A-C-E is where we're going to go this morning. We're going to look at 
each of those letters as an acronym for grace. But we'll only get, get to G this morning. We're not going to do all of them, but we will for the, for the month of January. And it's to instill in all of us the vision of where we're going corporately, all of us together as a church. And of course, our vision doesn't, uh, it, it has to line up with the Great Commission. It has to line up where, with what God says we're supposed to do as a, as a church corporately worldwide. We, we, we flow into that. But every church has a, a particular assignment and a, and a particular flavor, if you will, or a way uh, of doing things. And that's why God's put different churches or congregations on the planet because there's so many different people and the way that we're reaching people can be different than the way uh, the church down the road is reaching people, but neither one of them are right or wrong. It's just the way it is. It's like music. There's different genres of music. Which, which one's right? Rock and roll, country western, pop? Well, country western's wrong, definitely wrong. Uh, but, but which one's right or wrong? What's well, not right or wrong? Life isn't just right or wrong. A lot of things are just taste. And a lot of the differences in church, quite frankly, are not doctrinal. It's just taste. Every restaurant has a different taste, a different cuisine. And, and so I want to put out the menu real clearly uh, of what City Church is about so that you can make up your mind whether you want to stay here and be part of that or, or perhaps look for a, another menu that suits. It's all good with me. Uh, I just think it's important that you know. And so our vision to grace the nations is to take the divine enablement that God has given us to the nations of the world. I've entitled this morning's message, Grace-Empowered People. Grace-Empowered People. What can grace-empowered people do? Well, what can't we do? If we're empowered by God to grace the nations, which is our vision, then there's nothing that God's called us to do that we can't do if we trust in Him. And if we let His hand move through us, we can do what God's called us to do, albeit impossible in the natural. Now, there's another big word. I'm just laying a foundation here so that we understand these words uh, are not the same, but it's the word mission. Mission is how we're going to get there. You can look at Mount Everest, for instance, and, and you can go to someone that's climbing. They'll go, well, you'll say, what are you going to do? I'm going to get to the top of Everest. That's, that's my, my vision is a vision is the top of Everest is the vision. How are you going to get there? Well, that's the mission. That's usually one step at a time. In our mission here, how we're going to grace the nations is uh, our, our mission is raised to raise generations of grace-empowered people, raising generations, reaching nations. Now, you're part of a generation, so we're not just talking about our Sunday school next year, and we have an awesome children's ministry, and they're, they're learning uh, the Bible, they're getting in, into them, memorizing scriptures and walking that out, and there's so much that our children's team is doing, but we're not just talking about a generation, we're talking about every generation. I'm part of a generation and so are you, whether you're millennial or a baby boomer like me or whatever, you're part of a generation. We want to raise you up, all of us, raising generations, reaching nations. I like the fact that on the Sunshine Coast, you don't have to look real far 
to find the nations of the world. Our, our, when, I, when Gail and I first came here, and we pioneered City Church in 1989, March actually, which is coming up, our 35-year anniversary as a church is coming up. Yeah, that's amazing, isn't it? And we're going to party. Uh, but when we first came here, good luck trying to get some Indian food. You could get like, you could get some bland kind of food. It wasn't really the, the multicultural place that this, the, that this city has become, this place we call the Sunshine Coast. It's, it's amazing now the cuisine that you can get Brazilian, you can get good Mexican. We always had good Mexican because we had Coast, who's here at <laughs> his restaurant in Bondilla. Uh, great Mexican. <laughs> but, you know, we didn't have the variety that we have now nor do we have the opportunity to reach nations right in our own backyard. Now, we've gone, we've planted churches in Russia. A lot of you aren't aware of the history of this church. Uh, recently, uh, we were in uh, the Philippines uh, helping with church planting and, and, and doing medical outreach and lots and lots of things. We've got people here going physically, going to the nations, as in get on an airplane and, and travel over there. But there is so much opportunity right here that we need to take advantage of. I've been speaking to people, uh, the Sunshine Plaza, our major shopping center is like five-minute walk, the way I walk anyway, uh, out the front door. You're here in the shopping mall. We're in the CBD. And, and, and the nations are here. You walk around and you look. In fact, this congregation uh, is loaded with people from other places. And I'm excited. I get excited about that. I hope that you do too. The nations are not the enemy. People that don't look like you, speak like you, uh, are not your enemy. These are opportunities for the hand of God to reach out and for people to be blessed that aren't from here. And if you're from here, fantastic. I'm not, but if you are, that's fantastic too. You're not second in, in God's design. But our church, is, it, it, our vision is to, is to grace the nation, to take the hand of grace, the hand of God, to the nations of this world, wherever that is. Now that lines up with going to all the world. Preach the gospel to every nation, amen? And, and start at Jerusalem and Samaria and Judea and all that, the outer parts of the world. Uh, that's, that's all at once, and that's what our vision is. How are we going to get there? Raising generations. So grace can be defined as the divine ability God gives us to do what we cannot do. And our mission, how we get there, is to raise generations of grace-empowered people who have a vision to reach the nations of this world. That's what our vision is. So we're going to use this acronym G-R-A-C-E, and we're looking at the G in grace, the divine enablement of grace, empowered people, G. And G could be many things, and uh, this is not just, look, I could pick growth, and I have in the past, that, that because we're graced, we grow. Uh, we can look at generosity, begins with G. Grace-empowered people are generous people. Why? Because God's generous, and, and, and God enables us to prosper in ways that we don't have to hold back and be stingy and tight about it. There's more than enough to go around. We just need to have a vision for that. But this morning, G is for the word gospel. Grace-empowered people carry the gospel. Now, the word gospel comes from a Greek word, and it's 
Euangelion, E-U-A-N-G-E-L, you might recognize the word angel in there, or messenger, I-O-N, lion, L-I-O-N, I like that, a messenger with a bit of boldness, a lion, uh, Euangelion, which literally, literally means good news. It's good news, not bad news. We're called to preach the good news. Well, what is that good news? There's a lot to unpack with that, but bottom line, Jesus saves. He's not the condemner, he's the Savior. I think that's really good news. I talk to people uh, everywhere I go, quite frankly, building relationships with people that don't go to church. And they're so used to getting the bad news from Christian people. And I'm like, why? It's the good news. He didn't come into the world to condemn the world, but that through him the world would be safe. For God so loved the world, the nations, if you will, that he gave his only begotten son. That is spectacular news. It's way better than just the word good. It's outstanding. When we're, when we're called to grace the nations, we're called to carry that grace, that divine ability that God enables us to, to carry the gospel, the good news, into all the world. What's the good news to somebody that's sick? God's, God wants to heal you. What's the good news to somebody that's depressed? We can break that depression off of your life. What's the good news to somebody that's poor financially? You don't have to be poor no more. God will grace your life. That's, that's the vision of this church, is to take that divine enablement to the nations no matter what. The gospel has to go out there. So I, wanna, I want us to look at the gospel in broader terms than, than just, uh, uh, you know, preaching in a very, very narrow way, salvation, but salvation, sozo, is, is in all areas of life, not just one. 1 Corinthians 15, and I want you to see how grace and the gospel flow together. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 1. Now, this is Paul writing. Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. Verse 2, by this gospel you are saved. If you hold firmly to the word I preach to you, otherwise you have believed in vain. For what I received I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins, according to the Scriptures, that he was buried that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, and then he appeared to Cephas and then to the twelve, and after that more than 500 of, uh, of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. He appeared to James, then to the apostles, and last of all, he appeared to me also as one abnormally born or, or born out of time. From the least of the apostles, and not even deserve to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. Man, doesn't God select the right people to do the, the biggest jobs? Uh, you know, people that are out there yet waiting to hear the gospel, some of them we put them in a too hard basket. They're going to make the greatest apostles. They just, God just does that. That's the grace of God. Verse 10. 
but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace to me was not without effect. No, I worked harder than all of them. He was religious. Yet, not I, but the grace, the divine ability, not just the divine, not just favor, the divine ability of God was with me. Whether then it is I or they, this is what we preach. This is what you believed. Galatians 1, 6, Paul again writing, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. See, they had gotten religious and a group called the Judaizers got in and, and, and tried to convince them to go back and try to keep the law and try to do everything in their own strength, their own ability. They turned away from divine enablement, God's ability, God's grace being on their life, all of him, not of me. They lived from the grace of Christ. They turned to a different gospel, which he says is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some are throwing you into confusion or trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let them be under God's curse. Oh, Paul, man, dude. I guess, like, wow, God's curse? Remember the word gospel? E-U-A-N-G-E-L-I-O-N. That's, 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 there's another gospel that's out there that's trying to get us to deviate from grace and the favor of God and it being about him and his ability trying to separate you from him. Listen to me. If you separate, the, the moment that you separate your life from him, you're gone. It's Christ in you. In you, the hope of glory. You got no hope without him. He is the hope of the world. It's his divine ability that will cause us to grace the nations, not us. I could give you 10 points and set some goals and throw some things up there and some targets. And, you know, I come from a corporate business background. I'm really good at that. And there's nothing wrong with some of that. But if it's not God and his ability doing it, then what are we doing? We might as well just quit and become some, some kind of a, 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 a secular organization. And that's, that's the way a lot of churches have gone. It's the gospel of, of Christ. It's the favor of Christ. It's the grace pushing that gospel out there through you so that you know it's divine enablement time. It's not my ability time. That's why a lot of us, you look in the mirror and you go, like Paul perhaps, Man, like, I'm the least. I'm, I'm the guy that nobody else picked. I don't get picked on the basketball team or the AFL team or the NRL team or the NFL team. I don't get picked on any of the teams. I, I'm the last guy that you would ever pick. Perfect. Because you know it's not your ability that's going to get the job done. It means you are a candidate to be filled with Christ. And it's not so much... What we're going to do, it's what God can do through you, not what you can do. I don't like to think about just do, 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 and everybody gets busy and wore out. It's more about being and living in him and, and coming back to the simplicity 
of the gospel. Not another gospel. We turn everything into something else and it's not. People go, well, where should this happen? Well, better question is where wouldn't it happen? You are grace-empowered. If you're a student here or a teacher, you are grace-empowered in your school. If you work for a living, you are grace-empowered at that job, in that office, on that work site, wherever that is. You are grace-empowered in your home. There's no place that you go that you're not grace-empowered, that the divine ability of God doesn't want to flow through. You go to that shopping mall next door there, and you have some encounters with some people selling things. Be grace-empowered with that one. Don't just do it on your own terms. Be open to hear the voice of God, to, to, to prophesy, and, and not to get religious about it. Oh, saith the Lord. Just talk to somebody. But know that you're grace-empowered when you open your mouth. Whenever, whenever that employer or those people, I used to work in offices where people would be whining and complaining and whinging about everything and the company, you know, this company, the problem with it and da-da-da-da-da. Whenever there's a problem, get grace and power. Think, okay, there's another opportunity. There's a problem. There's a problem now that the divine enablement that God gives me can solve that problem. I don't want to categorize and departmentalize and just, you know, have step by step by step and we're going to take classes on top of classes to learn uh, more and more and more but never do anything. There's no point in learning about fishing if you're never going to go fishing. There's no point in doing anything if you're never going to do it. And, and, and God wants us to step out in his ability and just like, like a, a one preacher said years ago, and do the stuff. I remember hearing that uh, it was several years ago as a preacher. He was part of the Righteous Brothers Band. He got saved. Somebody gave him a Bible. John Wimber is his name, if you remember him. He started uh, a whole stream called the Vineyards Churches. And, and the person that <laughs> invited him to church, they'd given him a Bible. He started reading the Bible. And, and he came to church. And, and, and he's going through the whole ecumenical, you know, thing of church, singing, and up, stand, sit, stand, sit, all, all of it. <laughs> and he leans over, he says to the people that brought him, so when are we going to do it? They go, do what? He goes, the stuff in the book. They go, what book? The, the Bible. You gave me the Bible. I read the Bible. When are we going to do the stuff? And this is what they said. We sing about it. We talk about it. <laughs> we learn endless Bible studies about it. <laughs> we don't ever do it. <laughs> What's the point? What is the point about learning the nuances of baiting a hook and, and, and fly fishing or, or whatever it is if you're not going to do the stuff? Grace-empowered grace people are people that do the stuff. We can reach nations. They're right at our doorstep. But we have to know, I am anointed by God. I've got the grace of God. I've got his ability. I'm not stuck in my ability. That's another gospel. Though, though an angel preached that or anybody preached that, let him be accursed on that one. Because God's given you. Yes, you. He's given you his ability called his grace to your life so that when you open your mouth, when you stretch forth your hand, expect 
something's going to happen here. Something is going to happen because God's hand, God's five fingers, God's hand is not short. He's not weak. He's going to do something here. I just have to be available and say, God, empower me with the grace that you've told me about in your word. Now, what happens is we get sold something else. Have you ever been, has anybody ever tried to sell you something that you really don't need or you don't want? You know, these, these commercials that come on, if you watch different channels, like uh, the commercial will come on, and it's like, and the commercial is longer than the movie that I'm watching. It's like, oh, man, like, I can go in, cook a pizza, go, you know, have a shower, and all the rest will come back, and the commercial's still going. And then you think, of course, we all know this one, you know, we think the commercial's finished, and then, but wait, there's, come on, there's more. It's like, oh, I might as well go back out of, the, out of there and do something else and come back. And, and the fact is that you don't need, probably don't need whatever it is that they're selling. And God does not sell and expect you to be a salesman for him. That's why we're not doing steps, you know, the 10 steps to this and 15 to that or whatever, whatever. This is the GRAC is not steps uh, of grace either. It's to get, get us thinking about, well, what does it mean to grace the nations? It's, it's the vision of the church. And it is, it's big. It's impossible. Going to all the world? Kidding me? Seriously? <laughs> yeah. With the ability of God, I can do whatever God wants me to do. But God doesn't want us selling something called the gospel. He doesn't want us selling his son. We're not called to be salespeople in the kingdom of God. We're called to be grace-empowered people. The biggest lie ever sold was from the greatest salesman ever. His name is Satan. He is so good. He deceived the nations. Way back in the garden, and you can read all about it. Way back then, he sees Eve there and starts to talk to her. And everything starts with a conversation, with a dialogue. If you're in sales, you know what I'm talking about. You've got to talk to somebody, and you have to, you have to create a need that doesn't exist. You have to get, you have to, you have, first have to sell them on a perceived need. In other words, they have to see something that they lack. And if they don't see that, they're not, you got no hope of selling them on it. So the first thing in the conversation, it all starts with a conversation, is to get that person during your dialogue to have a perceived need. Somebody comes knocking at your door, they're selling vacuum cleaners or, or whatever. You think, I already got a vacuum cleaner, I don't need a vacuum cleaner. Knock, knock, knock. Well, let me, can I just do one spot on your, on your carpet? Big mistake if you let them do that. Because they're going to show, they're gonna, dirt's going to cut You vacuum with your vacuum, then I'll take my vacuum. And then, and, and as soon as you do that, you didn't really need the carpet that clean probably, but they're going to they're gonna put a big white spot in your carpet. Now you got to get the whole carpet done, so you got to get that vacuum cleaner that you really didn't need or whatever that product is. But the product that Satan sells is lack. He gets you in a dialogue. 
to sell you something that you really don't need. And you don't need it because you already got it in Christ. He supplies all of my needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. So we're not selling the gospel. We're walking in that divine enablement in the gospel of what God has already, di already done. That is the gospel. That is the good news. If he can sell you on lack, then he can sell you another gospel and get you doing all kinds of stuff. Even religious stuff. Looks good stuff that you're not supposed to be doing. Our primary number one thing, Paul nails it when it comes to uh, grace and, and the priority that God's called to preach the gospel. Uh, we do a lot of other stuff, helping a lot of organizations and doing good in the community and all, all of that. I'm all for it. But the number one, the number one thing, preach the gospel at any cost. Preach the gospel. I like Reinhard Bonnke. You remember him at all? You know, he was so passionate. This gospel must be preached in all the world. Goes to Germany. Germany must be saved. Goes to Japan. Japan must be saved. Whatever country is in it, it must be saved. It must hear the gospel. It's poor Reinhard Bonnke, but anyway. But the passion, the passion of our church to grace the nations, G stands for gospel. We are to preach the gospel every way that we can. Conversations, talking with people, but not to be sold a lie of lack. That's the lie of the devil, to get you to believe that you lack something, that God's not enough. Oh, if you only had that, <laughs> if you're single here, oh, you know, that perfect man, he would complete me. I'd be, I'd be so happy. That perfect wall, oh, I'd be so happy. A bigger house, a better car, more money in the bank. Look, all of these things are fine, but you are complete in Christ. There's, there's, no left, there's nothing left to complete you. Just walk in him. Signs and wonders will follow. These things will follow. He that desires a wife desires a good thing, it says. You know, you'll have the things. Sorry, women. Uh, but, you know, that, those things will come into your life. Signs and wonders will follow, but they don't proceed. That's another gospel. So to grace the nations is to take God's ability and be grace-empowered people to the nations and not to listen to the biggest lie ever that, that's ever been sold. Everything started with a conversation. We need to have conversations, dialogue ar around how complete we are in Christ and tell, tell him, same thing, go back, return to sender. His ad campaign. You know, it's the same thing that I see with elections and politicians. They start off with how bad things are. Have you ever noticed how bad things are? Everybody talks, yeah, the world's going to hell in a handbasket, isn't it? Yeah, things are really getting bad. They're, they're worse, aren't they? Yeah, it's worse. And then he shows you how bad it could get if things don't change. That's not what we're to be talking. Fuel people's fear. Make people feel a need or perceived need, then offer your solution. So his 
ad campaign, the devil's ad campaign is to sell you the need and then plant the seed and look outside of God to meet that. The greatest salesman persuaded God's greatest creation to doubt their creator. They're in a garden, <laughs> Adam and Eve. He convinces them that God's promises aren't enough. God's provision isn't enough. Paradise. They're in paradise. He convinces them that's not enough. That we're walking with God, personally walking with God, is not enough. That you need more. The lie of lack is that God is not enough. That is another gospel. But we need to gain Christ. Listen to Ephesians 2.8. For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. And this not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. Romans 12.3. For by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself. I like to stop right there. Problem with most people is they think of themselves way too much. And I know I could talk about social media and all of that. I, I don't land on that very much. I just cannot be bothered with most of it. I like to get on, see whose birthday it is, wish him a happy birthday, and uh, kind of leave. Do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought. Now, how do we do that? but rather think of yourself. Don't think of yourself. Think of yourself. <laughs> Do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. See, the gospel doesn't, doesn't sell you on how good you are. It gets you to think of yourself and your shortcomings usually that follow that and really how... how how, how not good you are. We all know that. There's only one that's good, and that's God. Rich young ruler comes to Jesus. Good teacher, what, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus stops him right there and says, there's nobody good but God. Oh. So if you're calling me good, you have to recognize who you're talking to, man. You're talking to God. You're talking to the Son of God. You're talking to the only one. You're right. I am good. <laughs> he could have he stopped the man right there and said, well said. I am a good teacher, but I want you to think about this for a moment because there's only one that's good, and that's God. And when you think of yourself, you're not going to compare with him when you separate yourself from him. You've already lost, and the salesman will get you in a conversation of what you lack, and then he will show you through your vision on how he can fulfill that through lust whether it's for things or a person or whatever, whatever, whatever. That's the whole strategy. But the good news, gospel, is I'm complete in Christ. He's good, and he's in me. Therefore, if there's any good thing in me, it's Christ. That I might gain Christ, Paul said. That's the whole goal. Did all that stuff. I'm not going back to that. You think more highly of yourself than you ought the moment you put yourself first when you focus on your needs instead of his grace. See, God doesn't sell you what you don't need. He gave you what made him bleed. He sowed his only son. The grace of God in your life is what is so attractive in your life 
to grace the nations, to be empowered. Grace-empowered people means we can go out there armed with the grace of God. That makes us incredibly attractive to people. What makes us incredibly unattractive is when we go out there to try to sell religion or Jesus or whatever. That becomes incredibly unattractive. Being obnoxious, trying to win an argument when he didn't win an argument, he, he, he came to win you, not an argument. <laughs> what, makes, what makes us attractive so that we can grace the nations and the word grace just beautifully flowing out of us is when we realize, in me there's no good thing, but guess what? In Christ, there's every good thing. When I go out as a grace-empowered person, then I go out as an incredibly attractive person, no matter how, how I'm dressed, really, or how, how beautiful aesthetically that I am, or how much money's in the bank, or whatever, whatever. God in you, when he comes out and he's allowed to grace and reach out into, into your world, is incredibly attractive and it's incredibly good the good news gospel that God's called us to preach and to model and to carry into this world I'd like us all to bow our heads thank you and I want to pray thank you Father Father, I just thank you for everyone here, whether you're part of this church or not. If you're visiting or watching online or you're here and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I'm going to give you that opportunity right now to surrender your life, to turn from your self-made way of doing things your own ability to receive by grace the good news that Jesus Christ died to save you, that he rose from the dead, that he lives. So if you want to ask him into your heart and give him your heart, then I'd like you to pray with me this prayer. Be the most important prayer you've ever prayed. Not a formula, but a heartfelt prayer to God. So pray this after me. Say, Dear God, I repent. I turn from doing life my way to you, to follow you. Jesus, I give you my heart. I'll follow you. Amen. Look, if you prayed that prayer, please let us know. Uh, out if you, as, before you exit the building, there's an information desk out there with resources. Love for you to have a Bible and love to give you resources there to help you grow. Let us know about that and uh, we will help you be empowered and raise you up to reach nations. Amen. Thank you for listening to the City Church Podcast. If you enjoyed this message or God worked through you in any way, then please take a moment to contact us through our website at city-church.net or email us your feedback at info at city-church.net.